Hello, hello. One, two, one, two. I'm going to switch chairs too. Okay, sure thing. Do you sit on the ground ever? I do, but I like solid backs. Like, okay. um, Spartan-esque. I mean, I guess the floor is more Spartan-esque than a fluffy chair. It, I feel like this always starts with me talking about the chairs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everyone's a little different about their little preferences, right? Yeah. Well, Charlie and I did one last week and I sat down actually uh, I have a better option nice and so Charlie and I did one and we both sat down cross-legged on the floor or we, we moved around quite a bit but that'd be down to swap has as it goes on it's just kind of like as yeah. as the flow goes on yeah. a nice place to kind of start off at first just to kind of feel the chairs the moment these shoes are really good for your back and all the things along with it, right? Yeah, we just have 30 chairs. I've started to bring, <laughs> started to bring this to class now. The whole recording set or this no, little chair? No, 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 no. Okay, just this chair. Okay, yeah. Just a little stool. Yeah, because it's... Yeah, it forces I, you to be upright properly, I just, right? I can't do it. All my classes are at least an hour, so mm. I just start to lay back into my chair and I can feel my back going. And I've never really had a strong back, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least my lower back's always been Your beard's been, been gone. How long has it been gone? I don't oh, know if yeah, I've yeah. noticed. <laughs> yeah. I just realized. Um, no, I shaved this last week. Okay, okay. The day that we got back from Thanksgiving. So yeah, cool. last week, Monday. Cool, cool. Or I guess this Monday, past Monday. Yeah. Did you go home with the family then, I guess? Or? No, I went to Ty's place and had Thanksgiving dinner there in Kelowna. Oh, sweet. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a lot of fun. That's cool. And this is his place before? Or he just moved in with you? Um, or so, no, he said you're his new roommate. That's yeah, what he said yeah, on the yeah, way in yeah. here. <laughs> he was he was living here previously and then I moved cool. in. Yeah. Well, how's you been, brother? I, how's life? Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, just getting ready for hand rehab and then Shit. once that happens, yeah. What are these little uh, balls? Uh, they're pins. Pins? Like yeah. acupuncture pins or something um, else? Like pins that... Are, so they, so my surgeon drilled holes through the back of my knuckle and then Yikes. into the first column of the pinky finger and then stuck pins through those drill holes while like she was holding it, holding it in place and then stuck the pins through so that it all kind of went together. And now I just have three pins that are Xing each other in the oh, actual man. bone. So it's just keeping it. In. Is it trying to slowly heal bone over bone and stuff? Um, so it shattered. So it broke off initially at the knuckle and then up the middle. Jeez. So I don't. So it going through in the X is keeping the middle in place, mm-hmm. and obviously all three of them are just keeping the base of the knuckle in place. It's wild. Yeah. Was it just life, or was it sports, or was it just something else? Um, it's actually funny. So so what actually happened was. I was blocking in volleyball, and mm-hmm. Ryan swung on a ball. I reached out, which I shouldn't have reached. Um, and, yeah, it just caught my pinky in the perfect way. Oh, Amazed that it hasn't happened before. But yeah. I have gotten really tired of explaining. Same with my Achilles. I just got... Sorry, you, man. You just have... No, no. You, you got no, no, no. to post no, 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 it, man. No, 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 no. This is the, this is, this is the thing that I'm... So, so every time that someone asks me, normally in everyday life, sure, I'll, I'll sure. just give them a different explanation. Oh, sure. Because, of, because I've gotten tired of explaining yeah, of the same story every time. It was a bear last week. Yeah. Something else this week. I get it. <laughs> I've, I've convinced some people of some funny stuff. No, I, I told a bunch of people that Tyler like threw plates at me. And, 
<laughs> and put the hand towels in the right way. So yeah, yeah, broke yeah. My pinky. God damn it, man. You can't be my roommate like this. <laughs> <laughs> Three-fourths of an inch on the side. Oh, my God. I didn't put the hand towels in the right order. It was my fault. Oh, was, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's some that's some victim mentality, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Okay, cool. Yeah, but yeah, so I don't know. It's been fun. Um, it's been an interesting experience, but I'm excited to get back into it. It was, yeah, definitely, definitely different than last year because... Last year, I just wasn't able to play at all. Sure, I remember. And there was, and there was no, there was no hope of playing towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But doing doing this, I think this is something I found out quite recently. Actually, actually, just watching the guys this past weekend was realizing that oh, this isn't a season-ending injury, so I can actually go back and play nice. with the guys again. Little hope, That's yeah. super cool. Yeah, no, yeah, it feels good. So I'm excited to get back into the gym with them and start hanging out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, what about I'm you? Glad. Um, yeah, it's been well. Do I have any pain besides my my existence? <laughs> my existence. <laughs> That's about it. Um, yeah, I was been pretty well. I, what's the most recent? Would be less last week. I had like I pounded out three exams and then like so it's a hell week as they always are. And um, yeah, it's, I'm just kind of getting back into my depression. Just kind of, kind of. Finally, kind of treading water again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like the only thing, just like internal suffering, laying on my couch, just kind of like, uh, but it's like finally kind of getting back into the just accepting it. Yeah. But like a couple of days ago, I hit the first day on Friday, and I just got blackout drunk because I was like, just numb this pain. It came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and I was like, I need to stop feeling this pain for a minute, please. But um, I feel a lot better today. Luckily enough. And I know that pain. It's just uh, it's life. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think triggers it? Oh, I think I think for this one probably would be a. I mean, it's it's the changing of the season, but also like I had this pent up angst of like these three exams. If I fail any of my classes <laughs> until now until the end, it's like I have to redo my my whole tier U. Well, not redo. I have to do another year of tier U, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of tired of my sixth year. I love it, but I'm kind of like Ugh. give me some some money so I can actually buy more of these <laughs> bubble teas or whatever. They're good, hey. <laughs> yeah, they're really nice. Which one did you get? I got a matcha. Nice. Just a little kick kick me up to keep me awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's been well. Um, what else? Yeah, I mean, I'm in a weird state of like, I'm stoked to be here today. Cause like, even I remember when you messaged me, that was the day I actually got really drunk. I was kind of just like craving some like conversation, right? You know, like I'm craving like, I love to talk with people, love to do the thing and stuff. And then like, it's also hard to find like people just to talk with about stuff, about any like philosophically to psychologically to any of these things, just to kind of. I don't know. I, I grow better when I'm arguing with people sometimes, right? And yeah. just sometimes I'm like, it's almost intellectually alone sometimes. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like it also consolidates perspective a lot better when you have the ability to talk with people about it and you can actually articulate your ideas. And sometimes you say things that actually don't make sense. And once yeah. you say them, you realize that they don't make sense. I think it's a good. I think it's good to have people to talk to. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's a tight social group. What do you? What are you? What are your majors again? Politics? I'm doing history, political yeah. science, and economics. Man, that's so cool. Yeah, I love it. But uh, it's it's definitely it's all econ now, right now. Yeah. It's all all the graphs and the supply curves and all that. Really interesting. I love the theory. But once you start putting in like algebraic equations, I'm like, Ugh, no, 
Oh, I understand why. I understand why the fiscal market sometimes, when you increase the money supply, you're trying to deal with the inflation rate because people are scared of price levels rising. Because when you see prices going up, you know prices are going up. But the reason why that is is because the x y plus one times two three equation. No, I'm out. I'm out already. <laughs> Get me out of here. That was really impressive. Yeah, yeah. That, like that I understand kinda, the theory. That kind of scared me. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. I love it. Yeah. And you're doing a psych and a, mi- a minor in something else, right? Uh, so psych and sociology and my majors. And okay. And I'm going to minor in philosophy. Cool, cool. So all the ologies that don't really matter. Hey, man. No, they're <laughs> the ones that matter the most, really, right? They're what gives us, it's just like art, right? Art provides the nurturing of our society. Yeah. Like, because like life would be all gray suits and gray ties if we don't have the enjoyable side of the aspects. It's all, I find all of the stuff that I'm interested in is quite feminine. Sure. In terms yeah, of yeah. actually putting things into feminine versus masculine, not necessarily okay. by gender or sex, but by well, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. but you're trying yeah. to like say like it's a, it's a form of communication. It's trying to understand the the feelings that come around with it. It's trying to understand not just the the objective, but rather the almost the form of the issue. Yeah, it's not not going into STEM fields. Yeah, which is typically is STEM. But here, actually, I wouldn't I wouldn't even know that. I don't think about it. So, do you think STEM is masculine? I guess it would be yes. highly systematic, highly placed out. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in terms of personality and the personality differences, and I would say the typical interests between men and women, I would mm. say STEM fields is more of a masculine profession. And then, like I said, the classes that I'm taking seem to be more of a feminine mm-hmm. Understanding how the community works and how it thrives and how it can get better and helping one from individual perspective to a multi-person perspective and how um, non-tangible things can really have an effect on things. I was even thinking about that recently about, what was it? Oh, I don't remember. I, I said something about how something so invisible can have such a massive effect on my life. I don't remember what it was, though. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why it's such an important aspect, right? Because they're, they're the ephemeral things, like, or not if, if, ephemeral? If, if, whatever, the, the ethereal things or something yeah. like that. So there's such an importance to trying to understand how that plays into people's psyches. Because it seems like that's what no one's talking about in economics, no one's talking about in political science. They don't talk about, they, they say Trump is crazy. They say people are rational beings, but they're not really talking about these hidden factors in the background. Mm-hmm. So... I think that I think we are going from a little bit of a paradigm shift from masculine to feminine. I think it was always mm-hmm. very STEM fields, go, go, go. But now you're seeing a lot of improvement in mental health and mm. a lot more talk about that kind of stuff. And just obviously those fields of study are becoming more well-regarded or better regarded, I guess. Do you think, um, I've been really enjoying this, I think it was maybe two years ago I was on a, a kick of it about um, I listened to a, a First Nations uh, community leader talk about uh, holistic learning mm-hmm. and how um, would you say holistic learning is on the, the feminine side so trying to unify as you may have noticed at university it's usually you're in your field and you, you, you know there's other fields going around you but holistic would be like you're learning psychology because it's affected by physics you know yes yeah. Do I think that that's a feminine? Or it's just like holistic learning is through mm-hmm. understanding that, like almost the system we have now is you learn about a topic yeah. and you, you kind of maybe, if you're lucky, you play around with some other classes. That's mm-hmm. why you take your breath. But they're not talking about themselves inside right. the classes. Yeah. They're just econ, econ, science, or physics, physics, but barely any uh, holistic learning, which I would say is a more feminine learning. Mm-hmm. 
place in the aspects that we're talking about. Yes, I, I think I would agree with that. It's more, it's less rigid. Hmm. I think that would be a good way to put it. I've I've started realizing that a lot more, just the interconnectedness of all things and not necessarily just physical, but also the intangible things. Hmm. Like you said earlier, how econ relates to psychology, which relates to politics, which relates to sociology which relates to, like everything to even our bio, biology the yeah. fact that we're yeah. triggered by a, a need to fuck and sex and feel dopamine pleasure at the moment right yeah. oh the majority of my psych classes are now going from initially it was all not not theory but hmm. more intangible like conditioning okay like social conditioning um have love yeah, yeah, yeah. musical instruments yeah <laughs> the, the bulls the, the singing bulls yeah, 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 yeah um so yeah initially it was pavlovian conditioning hmm. Um, but now as, as I'm getting into the, the latter end of the degree, it's now getting more into biology. Interesting. Neuro, like I'm in a neurobiology of learning and memory class last year. I took a neuropsychology learning and memory. Oh, sorry. I just talked about that one. Um, That's okay. <laughs> uh, there was a sound and perception class, which it was, sound and perception, it, it yeah. was a really, really cool class. And it went off a little bit of both. A lot of it was physiology and then a lot of it was theory of okay. why. Yeah, why we perceive sound the way that we do. Interesting. And does it talk again? I assume is it try and go deeper into my sound is your sound, or probably not, because I would say sound is even more f- affected than like our vision, because like the 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 waves that would go through is so much more affected than like you probably see this a blue that might be a different cue than mine, but we're probably seeing blue. Yeah. But like a, ch- a tonal change in songs, as even when you play around with like music, you can see how much that can change. Yeah. So sound is cool, man. Awesome. Sound is. I mean, we both create and perceive sound. Charlie, I had Charlie on last week, and there's a there's an effect that I kind of messed around with called speech to song effect. Okay. And it's basically if you play a a little cut of speech, a little snippet of speech, a few times, the human brain will naturally turn it into a song. Cool. It's really really cool, but it kind of made me think a lot more about how sound is actually uh, that that's just a part of our physiology. That's something that's been created yep. in us that we've. We, it's not that we just create sound, but sound is created within us. I Interpreted, you mean, yeah, in yeah, such yeah, a yeah. sense? Like, why would be, um, like, why are we, like, a, what was it, a, a dissonant song. Like, I know a guy who used to be the, the bouncer at um, at the Central, and he does, like, dissonance, melodic, heavy death metal. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, that's just noise, and we've decided to interpret that as, like, a dissonance. Heavy metal, is that what you mean? Kind of like we've interpreted, really it's just noise. It's got no biases. It's just mm-hmm. the noise frequencies. But yeah. we've created, for some reason this is bad, or not bad, but it's dissidence music or melodic. Yep. Okay. But even, it's it's not even that we interpret it in a certain, but we're, I mean, we, we are interpreting it, but we're, it's becoming a thing just like how art for some reason makes us feel good. Like sound just becomes music for some reason. And that's just a physiological, okay. physiologically okay. inscribed thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all noises, like if you, especially if you're like, you can notice it most when you're meditating where you could almost, if you were paying attention to your thoughts, when you start listening to the moments, like you start hearing the crack in the door, and the wind or whatever, yeah. that it turns almost into like a natural song. Yeah. Like that sounds where the brain goes to right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting. I'm glad you, I'm glad you bridged that. Because I had, I, I had to I figure out a very difficult meant. time articulating that because I obviously that's just a really random what's well, it is that a theories part of the class you're talking about just why we don't know why that, that's just, just what I've been thinking about lately okay why, how does 
how do we interpret things? How do phys- physio- physiologically we've just made sound into song? That's something that's inscribed in us now, and I don't know why that is. Hmm. Why why is sound so important? Why is song so important that we've it's now a part of our brain? It's wired that way. Same thing. Same thing with art. Why? I wonder if it's 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 probably in the same effect that like I know it's almost like not not just human, right? Because I know tomatoes, which and I'm not sure if tomatoes are alive or the plant of the tomato is alive, but mm-hmm. the tomato grows better yep. when it hears music. Yeah, and when you speak to your plants and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly, and stuff like that. And I wonder, because I mean, to go ridiculously uh, quantum, we're, we're possibly particles or waves, which is just music too, because that's all hurts. Yep. So like, it's almost like the solid tangible wave that we're constantly moving, hitting like music. So it's like jiving us yeah. in a way so that's the here that's the whole theory behind the singing bowls is that each chakra has a different frequency yeah that it's its homeostatic spot yeah and over time obviously those places go out of balance and it's not at its baseline so the whole theory behind the chakra bowls is that you want to reinstate the homeostatic baseline hmm. by playing it at a certain frequency which brings it back to that so yeah. it moves it around a little bit and then it naturally re recentralizes itself i guess yeah and that's it's it's not even just in so chakra bowls would be coming from uh it's buddhism right but is it it's it's monk yeah it's Tibet. more it's more from the Tibet, right yeah but then like you can look <clears throat> all the way over the world then if you do an ayahuasca trips you have a shaman with you trying to play music to try and also so it's like it's obviously it's not just like maybe it's chakra too in their sense but it's mm-hmm. like it's it's there's that connection through the spirit and like music to try and heal you and it helps guide your process and stuff like that mm-hmm. that's super cool that's yeah. super interesting it's it's cool stuff man it's really really cool stuff and yeah i think that another part of the physiological thing is that it it's helping with binding communities together mm-hmm. communities same with storytelling storytelling and music has always been such a spiritually bonding yeah. communal thing and you can see it in any sense from from the First Nations songs and, and powwows to like those movies in Africa. They're doing the dance footsteps and stuff to even just sailors singing on boats. Right. It just it's such a communal thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. I mean, again, I guess we we don't know, but it's uh, it's too bad, too. I have I have such a, a weird memory for music and like I always lose words for song. So I always like. I've always felt like a, an outsider when people start singing. I wish it was like a talent I could pick up. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind karaoke because I can read the lines, but I always feel like left out. Even I even feel that just the fact that I can't sing along when people are singing songs. And it's funny because it's like, I don't care that I can't sing the songs, but when people are singing these songs and I'm not with them, I feel almost left out. So it's such right. a w- weird thing that song, even though I don't care about it, I definitely know that I feel like I'm left, an outsider when yeah. I can't sing along with people. That's really interesting. Yeah, so you yeah. just... My memory just the... doesn't click when yeah. I'm when I'm on my highs. Mm-hmm. Like it works. Sometimes songs stick in my head, but most of the times it's it's melodic. I hear the rhythm and hear the background. I know where the song plays and I know when it's up down and all how the voice adds to the music. But right. I don't remember the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's funny. Actually, another one of the one of the recommendations by. Terrence McKenna when you're having a bad trip on mm-hmm. psilocybin was that he, he said he would just start singing yeah he was just start singing he, he said cool. that a lot of it was getting oxygen into his body cool yeah, 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 yeah. re re-oxygenizing the blood yeah 
Yeah, so he said that that was super helpful. And I guess that would also make sense in terms of boosting morale. Well, doesn't, I can't remember, is it shrooms or this fake LSD I used to have? They're um, vasoconstrictors sometimes. Like they, they tighten your blood up sometimes. Is that yeah. the right phrase? So shrooms can sure. lightly do that. Yeah. And that's why a little vitamin C and a little liquor can help your shroom trip go massive because your blood flow and all that goes up. Hmm. But like because of that, your oxygen must be going down too if you're getting constricted in your blood, which is transcoloring your oxygen. So yeah. I'm sure that might be, that meets the reason. That's, that's really cool. That's really interesting. Do you ever feel sometimes, I know when I do a really large dose sometimes, or maybe it's it's that other stuff, but I, I almost feel like this like contraction feeling. So every once in a while, when it's in like in high, like maybe like seven plus grams, I just feel like, like, like being consumed like like Man, intensely that's a heroic dose Ugh, i love it sometimes i've been trying to do um grinding Man, i guess i'm posting this fuck <laughs> but whatever i guess but I, I was grinding them up and then um just like popping them in the smoothies at like a gram and a half of like powder mm-hmm. which is like way more and just like shoots you in the space i remember like i this beautifully um godly one over the summer mm-hmm. and just like being a son of Judah and just like trying to understand like, why am I suffering? Why am I doing this? Because like, and I had, I had the book of the Bible in my hand or the Torah and all this stuff. And I'm like, look, why is this suffering? I know my dreams, what I want to do but at the same time. Like, yeah, duh, why can't you just answer me, God? And I'm like, oh wait, that's what this book's about. It's a goddamn trial. It, this, that's what this is. It's why I feel like shit. Why what I want to do and why it's so hard. Cause that's the point of it all. It's a, it's fucking trial, man. You can't get away from it. Like yeah. you're, you're tried. You're j- what is it oh my god abe and whatever a lot of the christian stories are about like cain and abel mm-hmm. uh anyway well, i can't even do them because i'm not i'm not really christian or jewish that well enough but like they're all trials and that's the point it's supposed to suck you're yeah. supposed to just keep pushing through and it just it's an interesting way how yeah i don't, I don't think i have a point to that i think that was just all i was saying yeah yeah i think a lot of i think a lot of the bible and other religious doctrines is just an archetypical telling of stories that are supposed to guide you Mm -hmm. the same as David and Goliath is a good example of encouraging people to take risks against things that they perceive as too big to defeat yeah a cool thing about that I'm I'm meeting with this Hong Kong guy today and about David and Goliath Mm -hmm. right look at Hong Kong fighting against China you know them fighting back is literally a good story of David and Goliath and these are just a rebranding of the same story, right? I hope they do well. I hope. So, so what do you, um, could you, could you explain that more just for? Sure. So, um, obviously this is what time of the year. Is it? It's October 20th, 2019. And there's been riots going on in Hong Kong for the last, I think three weeks, maybe since the end of months. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm sure it's been, it's been a slow push, but like the heavy riots of like, or like, I think the first person died the last couple of weeks. It's gotten a lot more aggressive. Lately. It's gotten a lot more intense. Uh, China's speeding up its, its process to try and integrate Hong Kong. Um, obviously Hong Kong is allowed to be an independent city state, half and half special economic zone in China until 2049. That was the agreed plan after they gave it back to China in 1998 from the British. But I guess China's had enough power and clout that it's really just testing its claws to see how much it can get away with, how much interaction will cause it to, can they finally take back Hong Kong without losing the financial markets to the globe? Or look at how, now that it has some strength again and it actually can 
fight back with this tariff war. It's even doing this at the same time, as well as demolishing the Tibet and as well as that. It's like this, I don't know if they're doing it. I want to talk to him about it today. Are they actually doing it because they need to do it? Or are they just doing it to just keep testing how strong they've gotten, mm-hmm. right? Because they could have gotten away with this in the 90s because the rest of the world would have just condemned them and then they're, they could have lost their economy then. But they've almost have such a large domestic policy, they can almost take over the island. Maybe they will take over the island, but it'll, it'll be rebellion for way after. Yeah. Um, Sorry, do you have any other questions on it? I, I, I'm just laying out information. I can please, try and keep, please keep laying out oh, information. Okay. Um, and I haven't, I haven't been paying as much attention as I want to, but I think the Hong Kongese are just exhausted of it because there's more regulations, there's rules at night, you can't go out, no masks, obviously. Mm-hmm. They've had a long history of like democracy in a, in a, in a sense. Um, yeah, their economy is being shut off. I mean, Hong Kong used to be such a huge player in China. I think back before China got really rich in like 89 or 79, 79, Hong Kong was like a quarter of the entire Chinese economy. So it was like, it was a necessary step because it was still like the financial market. It was the main exporter part of the country. Um, all the high tech, it was still worked with all the, the the European powers in the period. But now that it's, it's now, I think it's only like, it's in the fractions of a percent now. Oh man, I don't know. And I, it, it just sucks. I don't know how to help them out. I don't know why China needs to take them over and like, but I guess they're just so... So fragile. I guess they're so scared to just let allow any dissidents come against them. It's a totalitarian dictatorship. Literally, that, that's the issue. They're like, once you once you establish a totalitarian dictatorship, it's every, every you have to conquer everything, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of ideology. Yeah, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just brainwashing. You you have to brainwash your citizens and. You have to conquer ideologies that oppose yours, which is everything. Because yeah. in a totalitarian dictatorship, you're not allowed to be free. It's it's so sad. I just don't know how, like, how do you deal with this? Like, how do you, like, I'm trying to imagine I want to do foreign relations in my future. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you, you can't nuke, you can't, they're not doing anything politically or economically. Because the only people that can really throw punch to punch with China is the U.S., They've grown so much bigger than everything. And U.S. is being run by Trump, which there's, I don't know about Trump. I don't know. He's, he's too too much for me to even consider. But he's not helping out Tokyo or Tokyo. I'm looking at Toto here. And not helping out, not helping out Hong Kong in any sense. And it's just so left and right. And like, do we support Hong Kong? Is this, I don't know why the world isn't coming together for this kind of situation. They're scared of losing resource access to like Chinese goods. I don't know, man. It it seems like a not just. It seems like it's not just a micro decision, but macro. And I feel like citizens have to actually pressure governments to make moves. Mm. And actually, I mean, I wish that I wish there was another month, maybe in the current federal election. Because then I feel like that would be, I think that would be a good platform. Well, they, they skipped it. Uh, on October 4th, it was supposed to be the Monk debate on foreign policy. And Trudeau didn't accept the, uh, the acceptance to go to the foreign policy debate. Really? So that's why we're not talking about it. Why do you think that is? It could be this China thing. It could be he has no, he's already, Trudeau's had a hard time dealing with Trump. And Trudeau's probably had a hard time dealing with China. Obviously, on the fact of uh, 
we, we captured their CFO of Huawei back in uh, February of this year, I think. What was that? She, the, um, back in February, the uh, Huawei is one of China's largest uh, manufacturers of technology and phones. Mm-hmm. They're a global company now. Uh, the CFO is the daughter of the, the, the founder, so the CFO, chief financial officer. They, Huawei has been charged, not charged, but they've been allegated with putting spyware into their technology because that technology also goes into government offices like in Sweden, Poland, the U.S. Right. And by having that, it's like backway access. And since Huawei and China's companies are very interconnected, mm-hmm. there was a, a fear by the U.S. government that Huawei using this back entrance they could just be spying on the government access points yeah so america asked canada or trump asked canada to capture her at vancouver and then they wanted them to extradite her to the u.s so they could try her right she was held there until i think july i don't think she's still there but uh eventually we we let her go back i think i I haven't heard as much on the story recently Mm -hmm. Because the U.S. isn't allowed to ask for an extradition if it's a political reason. Right. And the trade war was going on. But that whole incident was such on shaky, shaky political grounds that they weren't sure if this was even the right action of Trudeau to do at all. His Chinese administ- what is that? His Chinese foreign diplomat spoke out against Trudeau for doing it mm-hmm. in China. And then he was sacked right after that and then kept speaking out even after he was fired. So that was a whole political scandal on this foreign thing. And I guess Trudeau also has been also the China, or the India trip when he dressed up a little over over indulgently a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. And then I don't know what else Trudeau has really done foreign relations wise for anything. Mm-hmm. He hasn't won out at the G7 events. He hasn't won at the G20 events. Um, Greta came to country just a month ago or this month I think actually. She talked to Trudeau and just basically roasted him the whole time. So it's just like I guess, his foreign policy hasn't been doing so well. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. But I definitely do think it is a. Oh, I don't think they should have skipped it. I think it's pretty cowardly. Mm. But what can you do? Yeah. Hmm. It does seem like something that, even even affecting the Hong Kong situation or China situation in general on the micro scale is really really difficult. Hmm. How do you how do you find stuff that's not made in China? Mm-hmm. And even if it says made in the USA, it it can be assembled in the USA or it can be assembled in Canada, but. The majority of parts all come from China, yeah, because it's so cheap. Yeah, it is. It's such a complicated issue. It, it's a global financial, not global. Well, it's a global financial. But it's there are a lot of issues with globalization that we haven't found a way to improve the world. And I think I'm actually pro the rise of China to an extent that I want China and the U.S. to equal because mm-hmm. in a, a class last semester called uh, the unipower the unipolar moment which is about after 1991 the soviet union fell and with the soviet union falling america's kind of been crazy for the last 25 years right because it was the only superpower around and as the only superpower around it started slapping its dick around everywhere it went into iraq without by using a justification of humanitarian actions which caused all this isil stuff i mean it stopped feeding money into countries that would be the first second and third world they're all gone now because the first world was the West, the second world was the Soviet Union, and the third world was everyone who was neutral. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, because you had the enemy of the Soviet Union, 
the U.S. would work with countries that were not sure which side to be on. So the U.S. had to be the good guy. It had to be the democratic country going abroad to help other people's humanitarian actions. But it's like it's like you, it's like Superman having an arch villain. But when he has no one left to do, what's he going to do? Soil the fields and do anything, right? So I guess instead he turned evil, but not trying to be, but just started to do whatever he wanted to. Yeah. So like having China being a, a superpower as well might actually bring about a revival of a revivalism of what I love about America. It does have some issues for sure. But it does want to be like the democratic free nation of of entry censorship, bad government, all this kind of stuff. Get away from that. So I'm pro the rise of China, but that's also a bad thing because I, it's it's also some people are going to suffer because of that because yeah. there's this Hong Kong situation. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. It, uh, yeah, it's kind of gone without checks and balances for quite a while. So mm-hmm. the rise of China would kind of not solve that, but. It, it might provide a better benefit, and it might actually make China a better player too, because China will still have to. Even if China becomes a superpower like the U.S., it'll learn pretty quickly. You also can't wave your dick around and do anything, because eventually the rest of the world will come fight, fight fight against you. I'm sure you know from Peterson. It's um, you can only you can if you're an alpha male, you have to let the little chimps win one third of the time, or they'll rip your arms off, right? Well, everything. Same with mice. Well, that's what I mean. But yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah. picking yep. the one example. Like yep. you can't just be the biggest, baddest guy on the block because there's still 190 countries to your one. They still can win, even if you have two thirds of the population. They'll still. It's just a bad situation. So yeah. there's a lot of cool things about China that I'm sure you know through. I was talking with um, Devin about how you're really into Eastern philosophy, like so am I. Mm-hmm. A lot of that has blended with Chinese, right? From Confucianism, Taoism their own form of like Menchinism and even their own Buddhist practices. Those underline a lot of China. And I think they need to find a way to bring that back out. Reconnect with the roots a little bit. And what better way to show the rest of the world, refine your philosophies and send them abroad. Because that's what America does. And that's why people like America. Mm. Freedom of speech and all these other philosophies that come along with it so china has some really good ones too like sometimes you really should care about the community before the individual because the air is about the community around us the having food for the entire community isn't always just about the individual but it's about everyone should eat not about every individual should eat so it's a weird thing but china has that aspect better than say the united states which is so so individualistic right you almost sell the community out sometimes yeah Man, have you been watching South Park? It's been good. Dude. Fuck you, Winnie. My God. <laughs> yeah, right? Some really good episodes. I haven't seen the last one that just came out. Is it good? Came out on Wednesday? Last Wednesday. Yeah. I Yeah, Ty and I watched it. The, um, the Band in China episode. Our jaws were just dropped yeah. the entire time. So Man. Good. Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they're, they're doing things that other... Nobody else will do. Yeah. yeah, everyone's just terrified. Yeah, like NBA, and NBA's had some. I feel like NBA Dude, made the, the Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Wait, Kobe? LeBron? No, LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> so oh I had a bad week. Yeah, I, the. Uh, I feel like the NBA had a lot more power than they thought hmm. in that situation. And I think appeasing China might have been the wrong, the wrong play because any. I think from this point forth, any time that there's any sort of appeasement, yeah. then it's just like you said, they're they're testing the waters, seeing yeah. how far they can go and they're having a lot more influence on private businesses in the United States. Yeah. Same with um Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah, a few guys 
a few players from Blizzard have gotten banned and had their winnings taken away. Ridiculous. For speaking out, for for siding with Hong Kong protesters, yeah. which is Blizzard is an American-owned company. Same with the NBA. I don't even think the tournament was in China. I think the tournament was somewhere else, but it was ran by Blizzard. Yeah, he was he was a European guy too. Yeah, it was. It's it's ridiculous. I was reading a Reddit comment last night, and I read a, a similar one a couple of days ago. An, a, a Uyghur. That's the you've probably seen the word. It's the U G H I Y U R. That might be spelled wrong, mm-hmm. but it's the Chinese Muslims, and they're called Uyghurs. And there's a Uyghur activist in in Deutschland right now yeah. in Germany, and they're they're calling lots of Uyghur families. But this guy's an activist, so he cares. They call them with his sister. Saying like, uh, you got to stop. You have to stop the uh, activism. Please think about your family. And then some unknown military guys like, yeah, stop doing this for your family's sake. And this guy is a nationalized German citizen. Sure, he's Uyghur of back descent. That's China literally calling people in other countries saying, stop, or we'll kill your family home. That is beyond insane. Like again, like oh my god, like America has a lot of issues, and it really needs to solve them. But that's like evil stuff, yeah. you know, like what America yeah. sometimes does some purely evil stuff, but it also tries to do the right thing and just massively fucks up. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, man. Yeah, I, the American company thing, too. And it, it's hard for both Blizzard and NBA are really bad. Not bad examples. They're really good examples of what companies would fail to it because I was really surprised. My friend's really into basketball. China is the largest uh, base basketball player community in the world yep. it's got so many more basketball players just because their population size and they like basketball and then esports is just booming obviously in like all of asia yeah i wonder like how do you solve that um you think the trump would be you think he'd be mad about like having other countries dominate his business sector but i don't know i'm sure more will come out about it which it's just such an interesting time uh, I mean, I guess there's been quite a bit going on, but over the past year, there has—I don't—I feel like there hasn't been a ton that's had a lot of weight in terms of pol- politic politics. Sure, but I think recently with it's two the, elections, yeah, two elections coming up, um, the Amazon is a huge issue that's starting to be still dealt on with. fire, still on fire, still on fire. Yeah, I don't think it will stop. No, no, it's it's incentivized burnings too, right? Yeah, California's on fire again. Oh man, man, I feel so sad when like I have some conservative ideology inside me, and when I see just people post on Facebook that are like that kind of conservative, I'm like, man, bro, it, it's far. Oh, it's, it's so sad. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that recently there have been a lot of. It's on both sides. Don't we are liberals are idiots too, and I see a lot of liberals talking about some dumb stuff, or people who support the liberals or the NDP on my Facebook. They're all idiots. Yeah. Like I'm a centrist at the end of the day. I see these people fighting about these stupid similar issues, like climate change is the end of the world, or if we don't reduce our straws. Some people complain about that, or some people say the liberals don't have any green policies. Hey, bro, what's up? Don't cut this shit out. Yeah, <laughs> we. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's all about balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yin yang stuff, man. I, I always just pause whenever Ty comes in. Yeah, what a what a wreck. What a <laughs> wrecking ball of our roommate. <laughs> we always just end up talking about really absurd stuff that I just there's no way I could put on. Well, that's good though. That's that's good stuff too. I like my best friend is my roommate. And yeah. I do have someone I can talk to a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But like our relationship is probably really feminine masculine because me and him are both well, I'm more on the emotional side for sure, but like the ability to like 
what's our strategy? How do we improve? How do I get through this moment? How do I figure this next project out? How am I going to line up my, my projects and figure this out and deal with my emotions as this going on? But it's not really about this, like the philosophical in ideas of chi or chakra, which we haven't even talked about, which I'd love to, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a, a shitty Buddhist. For sure. <laughs> uh, I, I made a fun joke recently. Fuck Judas Priest. It's all about Judas Buddhist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I almost lost my water. Yeah, sorry, brother. <laughs> yeah, no. Ty just throws plates at me if I don't put the hand towels in the right His order. His door's still open, oh, too. I know. <laughs> I, I know. He's probably blasting some shocker music. <laughs> How long do they last? Like, the, the vibrations? 10, 20, 30 seconds? Oh, geez. Here we go. Yeah. Are those different ones? Yes. Oh, interesting. Right now, our host has went to go grab the singing Buddhist bowls. Is there a proper name? Um, I know they're singing bowls. Yeah. But... Well, it was funny. I initially learned it from this Argentinian guy. Okay. So we just called them Cuencos the whole time because Cuencos. that's what they're um, Tibetan Cuencos. Oh, I just fell. Um, but so they come from the same ayahuasca shamanistic tradition then? Are these not the same? No, no, these souls? are Tibetan. So but he okay. was he was Argentinian. Okay. So Argentinian. Yeah. Nice, nice. So um so when he taught me it was everything was in Spanish. Like we only he only spoke Spanish. Sure. So the whole time we everything that he taught me was in Spanish. So when yes, I went Spania. Yeah. So when I went yeah. looking for Cuencos, they were like, What the fuck are you talking about? So the white boy's a wild man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it lasts a while. So this is 432. Hertz? Hertz. And what chakra does it relate to? So this relates to your third eye chakra. Okay. Yeah. So that's a fifth chakra or sixth Six. chakra. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have... I know on my own person, I, my personal occasion, I'm the shooter is the most that I align with mm -hmm. my throat. Mine's the same. Hmm. Um, I definitely feel at times for me between my, yeah, I'm a boatload of diagnoses recently. So like my ADHD, my lack of communication, my ability to sing to even like my dyslexia, the ability to like communicate through words and reading. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of it's. I, I felt a lot of disharmony in my life about where my, all of my chakras, I felt those, those negative dissonance when I don't have a well-balanced. But the, the most one that often, when I feel my most self is when my, my, my vishuddha, my throat chakra feels when I'm able to communicate with my fellow person without feeling bad about myself because of what I said harmed a feeling or that I'm being miscommunicated. Right. Yeah. Um, I think astrologically, I'm supposed to be vishuddha. But I think that I connect more with my third eye. Okay. I've had some weird experiences cool. that have actually made me believe in this kind of stuff that me were too, associated man. primarily with my third eye. Cool. Yeah. Seeing a new perspective, seeing the new world, seeing just other spots. Yeah. It was a lot of... It was weird. Sure. It was different. But it was cool. It's yeah. awesome. So, I mean, this is still going. I didn't know there's an um, astrological side of it. I've, I'm very new into it, and I... I'm too. I'm not sitting down to look into Buddhism, but it's the one I'm most favoring. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, one of the many things. What's the astrological side of chakras? So, 
So depending on when you're born, you'll be connected to a different element a little okay. bit more. And I mean, everything's everything's interconnected, especially with that side of the coin. Sure. So if you're going into like when I when I learned how to play singles, I also learned how to do Reiki therapy, and I learned a little bit of astrology, mm. and there were, there was just tons of stuff, and yeah. all but all of it's interconnected. So the astrology comes in where depending on when you're born then you'll naturally be more aligned with a certain chakra. A certain chakra will represent you a little bit more. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, um, my uncle is a, a, an astrologist, like a little, a full, full on one for like the last 30 years. Cool. He's the black sheep of our family. We haven't talked to him in like 20, but yeah. it's really interesting. It's cool. And you're, I guess you're, are you a Leo? Or are you I'm just actually like a cancer. You're just cancer. Yeah. Right? Okay. But, but. <laughs> yeah, uh, son, get him. Oh, got no. good. Oh, Yeet. I, I done got God. <laughs> oh, shit. What's the hey, answer? Quiet down, peanut gallery. <laughs> um, crab. It's crab? Yeah. Okay. And um, But, like, what is that? Like, what time of the year? And what kind of. Um, what effect? What's that? What is that in you? June. Okay. Yeah, so June. I want to say May. June 22nd to July. Okay. 22nd. Do you. I know I feel very similar to, I don't want to talk more about myself, but like I feel very similar to my, my scorpion and my Chinese, my cock, you know, mm-hmm. but like, do you feel very cancerous, crabby and all these things? Or do you feel like it's not connected to you at all? I haven't looked into that side enough. Um, I've just started getting into the astrology a little bit more. Cool. But I've, I've, I don't even know when it started, but I've always connected myself a little bit more to Leo. That's that's, that's what I thought. So yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I've always just—I can't remember what it was, but I identified pretty early that I was the lion was my spirit animal. Is that for what kind of relationship to the lion? You sleep a lot, you chill out a lot. <laughs> yeah, you like women to be the the lead of the the household. You know, <laughs> all of those things sound yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, but um, I really liked Lion King when I was a kid. Sure. I think I think that was it. Actually, that was sure. all my cats were named after Lion King characters. And Simba and all yeah. the time. Yep. Sweet, sweet. Um, I even had one named Shadow, which I guess I could relate a little bit to cool. Scar. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I know. I was always always a fan of lions. I think they're just such magnificent creatures. Majestic as heck. Yeah. You definitely have a glow too, especially when your full beard was out. I think that was the first, I think, was that the first, did we meet the first time and then we did a podcast or did I didn't meet you before? I think I met you once and I, then we did the podcast. Yeah, I think we'd met briefly yeah. and then, yeah. and then did one. You definitely reminded me of like, like a, like a majestic line with your, your long hair scruffed up short and then like your beard is just yeah. like, boom. Yeah. The, yeah. That was, yeah, that was about a year ago. Hey, I guess I probably. Less than a year. No. It was in the winter semester we yeah. met. Cause I didn't. I think I met you once, maybe about a year ago, maybe November. Yeah. And then we hung out February. Cause I started doing this. I started posting podcast episodes in December. Yeah, I wasn't near your first, but I was a couple, a couple months. It was warm enough where I went outside on your balcony and had a cigarette. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, so it must have been just the beginning of springish mm-hmm. that era. But I think I came by once before for other stuff that I won't say and all that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So when did you start to get into, so how, okay, what, like, tell, just tell me about your religious background. Cause obviously sure. 
at, at some point Jewish. And yeah. My, my dad's side on his family for a good 2,000 years. We have a nice thick-ass book of uh, genealogy. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, my mom's more Christian science, so that's more like the... Uh, it's 18th century applications of Christianity into like modern science and pray away the, the pain and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty... I wasn't raised religious anyway, so I'm pretty lucky on that. My parents have allowed me, though in the household, it's a very... Well, my dad is more what you call a self-hating Jew. He's not a practicing Jew. He's not a practicing any of those things. Mm-hmm. And my mom is re-emerging with her own mental health that she won't talk about, but she knows it's there, but she's not she's not defining it as mental health, but rather her own trial with God. So right. that's been going on for like the last seven or eight years. And uh, I didn't really... I mean, I was always curious about multiple religions and beliefs and how, why, why we have some, how can you have Judaism and Christianity when we have like 300 million people out here worshiping 300 million Hindu gods and then different gods in another country and then throughout history, different gods. How do you just, how can any of those be right? And so, but it's, it's more since my depression kicked in probably in my third year of university. That was about three years ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. I was lashing out, lashing out, lost, lost my girlfriend, out of that thing, just losing myself, not understanding what was going on, not realizing as I had depression or any of these other things I've also learned in over the last couple of years. And religion was kind of like the first step to go. I don't know. Um, my brother's also a schizophrenic believer himself as Christ at one point. Mm-hmm. So I stayed away from Christianity on, on my mom's side because my brother dived into that. So uh, a mixture between looking into Judaism and then Buddhism and then the practices of like mindfulness is similar to cognitive behavior therapy mm-hmm. and then i just i connected more with that i really enjoy instrumental music so like something about buddhism from the chakra music in the background to like just hurts and all that um i don't think of anything else I've, I've connected with it a lot and there's a lot of golden truths in buddhism and all that kind of stuff i just love it mm-hmm. so and just something to remind myself every day i think that a lot of the the main, the main points, the main, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it dogma, but the main sure. scripture of the majority of religions seem to be quite similar. What do you think is, like, if I were to completely... I would say it's just because Buddhist monks were traveling around. I don't think it's like there's a religious truth. I think it's more like India's not that far. I mean, they thought Jesus might have went to India to learn Buddhism. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was gone for 20 years. And, like, Israel's not that far from India. It is. It's like six months or like two months by boat. You yeah. just go down the Red Sea. But a lot of them, I would just say it's like we we think about missionaries today always traveling and doing all this. They've been doing that forever. That's mm-hmm. that's a thing that all religions go out and try and talk about their religion. So I think that the good rules have stuck around, you know. Yeah. But I think they're good rules because they're good rules. Is that what you wanted to ask? Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, more or less just why. So if I were to scrape the flesh off of Christianity and Buddhism, like, like you just said, they seem quite hand in hand with one another. A lot of the, yeah, a lot of the scripture and the dogma seems quite consistent between the two. Yeah. And why, why Buddhism over Christianity is just the, I think it was the, it was the, uh, why, why Christianity won was because, uh, with the invasions of the, of the Nordic people and like the Alans and all the people from like, as the Huns pushed out through the hundreds of years into the Roman empire, this invasion. And then they were getting missionaries or meeting them at their gates. And then they kept moving from like the East down to Spain and then down to like 
to Turkey and all these things. They kept spreading because, like, that's how migrations worked. But then they would get converted. So mm-hmm. they had, like, this – the community they're a part of were migrant people. But they also picked up religion. So, like, it's, like, this migratory missionary thing as they became more saving souls. And But, like, all the other ones, like, other religions – they formed there, and they kind of like, a, what's it called? It's a, it's a D word as well. Dispersed. Dispersed, right? So like in India's Buddhism worked because he traveled around the country, but that was just because he was traveling around his own country at the time. Right. But like Christianity has been like built in Europe, which has been invaded, and like different, there's been multiple denominations of Christianity fighting at each other in a lot of different ways than other ones have. So I think they've been fighting for it and then fighting against, once they consolidated into the Catholic, they I mean they got rid of the, Adrianic, the uh, iconoclastic Christianity. A lot of Christianities have died, right? Eastern Christianity is basically barely surviving in Lebanon mm-hmm. because of that fight, internal fight that Europeans seem to do all the time. That's why it was like a spreading out, trying to fight for like souls and lives. And it was just that missionary aspect that came out with Christianity that the other ones don't have. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like as it's been institutionalized as well, it's yeah. developed a lot more. And it connected with the Europeans during the uh, the exploratory zone when they started traveling the world because mm-hmm. they were locked onto that small continent of Europe, right? They That's why we left. Christopher Columbus didn't leave because, like, we wanted to go murder Indians. He left because, like, the Turks had blocked everyone off from the east. We could not travel all the way around Africa. The Sahara we couldn't get through because bloody the Sahara before boats, right? Yeah. So we traveled out, and we had Christianity at the time, so we just kept spreading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a lot more of a practicing religion, whereas Buddhism seems a little bit more passive. Yeah. Passive in you kind of do it day-to-day kind of thing, whereas Christianity has a a day for Christianity, and you're supposed to maintain practice throughout the week by doing specific things, but Buddhism, I think, is a lot less specific, which makes it a lot more appealing to me, but also... And the practices from Christianity comes from the practice of Judaism, Judaism, right? Yeah. Because we have all the, we have the Sabbath on Saturday, not Sunday. And uh, all those practices of like family, tradition, song, mostly have been built as a, it's a survival religion, right? It's mm-hmm. based around like, how can we live in a society where people, we don't want to intermingle with the society, but we have to work with the society we're around and we want to keep our community tight. So in a weird way, Christian, Christianity really adopted that in a lot of ways, but like... It's like a survival instinct trying to like keep spreading out so it doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty survival one too. Right? It took 300 years for Christianity to actually like have a step. Yeah. Um, Buddhism, yeah, it's more like philosophy too, right? It's a lot of... Yeah. There is a God in Buddhism, right? It's just... Uh, but it's not like a God. It's the the everlasting universe, if yeah. I'm correct. It, yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. We're all God. Yeah. We're, we're all part of this... Holi- it's, it's, it's a very holistic... Yeah, philosophy. Yeah, but I'm doing a, not not formal research, but informal research into the effects of religion on both physical and mental health, and it seems quite cool. It seems it's, I assume it's very beneficial unless it's over overdrawn. It really depends on the person, I guess. Yeah, I guess everything's dependent on the individual, but the means seems it, it's quite conclusive that it's just good for you sure like religion is just good for you and there are there are lots of different factors in that i think a huge factor is the communal and social factors especially Mm -hmm. as you get older it seems to be a lot better for more elderly people i think because of the social factors as well as you're having to move more and actually do things and 
it gives you purpose in life. When you say older, do you mean older like my parents older or older as in like 40s, 50s? How old are your parents? 70. I would say your parents. Okay. I would say 60 plus probably. Okay. I think. So it's a mix of like that external existential crisis, trying to find final moments of meaning. Hence why they're also more interested in politics. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that would say that as well. I, I think past that retirement age. I would I would throw the mean around the retirement age because after that, like, what do you? Well, it used to be like for a long time, the goal of the ideology was Christianity. You're a farmer, and your entire life's ideology isn't about raising crops and feeding the Lord, but rather doing hard work so you can go to heaven or not, depending on if you believed in like hard work makes it or not. Mm-hmm. But like now, the the youth ideology is capitalism produce make the world better place by actually taking physical steps to produce more capital so people have better food and more heating right and then when you get old and retired it's time to move on to like a new one time to be religious so what's the next step how can the next generation do better it's really interesting yeah cool it's cool stuff hmm yeah i i'm very glad my parents are old so i'm very glad that like i have that i think i'm hitting that now Mm-hmm. Like that religious back because they're fighting with that issue now in their life. Yeah. And like you're like your family's kids, right? So if you're, my parents have been talking about all this soul discovery and all this since I was a kid because they were already like 50 years old when mm-hmm. I was born or just a little younger. They're 44 or something like that. Right. So it's, it's been an interesting way how an older parent has like affected my entire view. Like my timeline is different. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think there's also a strain. There's a difference between religion and spirituality as well. I would say that for the most part, spirituality is what affects people positively. I mean, I guess religion is exclusive of it, but it gives it more of a platform. Hmm. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I'd even say Buddhism is more spiritual, right? It's more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's almost like it is Eastern philosophy. Where'd that go? No, right? <laughs> Do you have a. Do you have a tracker on your vape? Yeah, it's making a noise. Oh, that's what it is. In the in the pant cuffs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that before. What kind of vape is that? It's uh, the Jewel C Plus. Right here. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. How do you like it? I like it. It tells me what I'm smoking. It's my last Jewel Pod, and then I'm quitting going to nicotine patches, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to uh, this, this medication with a Z that, like, blocks my neural inhibitors so i don't want to smoke at all Mm -hmm. i'm ready to quit i'm at the end of the line of it yeah what do you think was the catalyst for starting to quit i've joined the rb in a year and a half so yeah kind of want to be off the smoking by then yeah and i've never really liked it i've just kind of been smoking is beautiful when you're alone and you're you're miserable or you want a best friend you go out smoking right and gets you out of the air gets that fresh oxygen and nicotine rush but um I've had a good six years with it. I'm ready to move on. Mm-hmm. I found that was a big thing while traveling is people, because it was so cheap to buy cigarettes over there and so easy to smoke socially, everyone smoked. Everyone that I met smoked. Yeah. Well, it's such a social creature. I love it. But I've, I've left learned I don't need the smoke to go socialize. It's just I'm trying not to quit my, I'm not trying to quit my alcoholic addiction, but I'm trying to like drink super socially, like two mm-hmm. drinks out for a whole night. So right. if I can do that, I could probably go out, maybe not smoke, but go out to the smoking pit and hang out. So, Yeah, I tend to be an absolute nurse for beers. Yeah, like I'll, I'll coast on a beer for an hour and a half. It's awesome. Yeah, It's a good thing to loosen you up. I've definitely been like, 
I've used it as a crutch a lot of the time, especially during the periods of before I knew about my depression, just drinking wildly and just doing stupid shit, like like spraining my hands, like punching stone walls just because I'm like fucking trying to like feel something. Yeah. Because I didn't realize it was going on, but like just drinking for no reason. She said, well, not drinking for the reason of a clutch, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I drank a couple nights ago, just blackout drunk because I wanted to like get it out of my system. I don't want to drink like that anymore for a while. Yeah. It's it's a weird, it's such a socially easy drug. I don't know. I wish I wish the things were, were fruit more free, but then I, I don't want it free for everyone. I just wish we could have doctors that we could get prescriptions for those of us it works for, which are that fungal stuff. But it's hard, man. One day, slowly, surely. Well, you could just travel to North, uh, Denver if you really want, if I wanted to now, right? I guess so. Hey, it just yeah. got decriminalized. No, the yeah. whole state. I was really surprised about that. I thought the city alone. I want to well. say Oregon too. Denver, Colorado, maybe Oregon as well. Yeah, I think Oregon was. I think Oregon was the first to decriminalize. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I wonder if they're selling it in shops or if they're. It's just like you can find it because I don't think it's. I think no. Denver's recreational. You can actually buy it recreational. Really? Denver's decriminalized. It's still federally illegal. So if you get caught by a state trooper, you're screwed. Yeah. But that's a Schedule One. Not in Denver. <laughs> yeah. But federally, it's a schedule. It's the same. As weed. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, right. seriously. America's ridiculous. Weed, psilocybin, and yeah. methamphetamine are yeah. all. And I think heroin, too. No, yeah. no. Is heroin? Heroin might be schedule, too. Yeah, I think it's not because it has medical things. Because they want to have, like, the, the chemicals you need to produce it to travel more easy. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's the opioid crisis. Yeah. Well, that's some sad stuff, too. What about you? Religious backgrounds? Family? Mother? Um, Catholic. Catholic. My mom was really good about taking me to tons of stuff while I was growing up. Sure. Um, Multiple churches and all yeah, that. Yeah. So I went to a Buddhist church when I was quite young. Okay. I fell asleep. Nice. Yeah. I was tired. Um, but she was Same. quite good about just kind of showing me what was out there and not pushing me into anything. And I've just kind of figured out my own, cool. my own little path. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, and how's how's the philosophy classes teaching? I, were you doing that last year? No, I just kind of decided to. So I'll take a bunch of summer courses, and then I'll take six and six next year, and then hopefully they'll they'll cement me in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's but awesome. Yeah, I've, I've taken one philosophy course, but I'm just gonna try to pound out like an entire. Degree, in, yeah, an entire that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing right now. So really, I, that's my econ. It's all. It's all right now. This, yeah. this semester, <laughs> next semester. So I know the pain. Um, that's cool. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, I, it's super neat. I, I love. I love. Do you know Wisecrack? Do you watch that enough? Yeah, yeah. I love them. I've, I've always been a philosophy fan in general, mm-hmm. but it's just really. They answer the questions both: Why do you exist? But also, how do you exist with suffering or the absurdity or or nihilism or what is true nihilism and what is it's okay that the world is meaningless or maybe it's just absurdity and it's not and it's there's no right answer and that's the coolness about it that you can use the right answers as other tools to help you out with the moment yeah i think i I latched on to optimistic nihilism for a while i think that was really cool i think that was just a cool philosophy of knowing that everything was pointless and that we're all going to die but also seeing the the benefit of that that you really have the opportunity to do yeah, tons of things in this life, and there's like, there, there's nothing to be complete. Like, like there's nothing to be 
there's no point in being held in bondage by your fear sure. because we're all going to die and we're all afraid. We might all die. I might make it. We'll find out. Last we, I checked, I'm I'm still alive. We don't know yet. Yeah, we could. This be the my own, this could be my simulation, and I might never die. <laughs> like I don't know. I'm, if I'm experiencing this, maybe this is that's what I've been told. So we'll find out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I could be AI. Well, what was I just thinking about when you said that too? Um, oh no, I just had it in my tongue. No, it's not. Okay. Well, I have a switch topic if you're down. Mm. Unless you have something as well. Nope. Um, I've just awkwardly started dating a girl maybe like three, four weeks ago. Awkwardly dating. <laughs> yeah, Can you describe that to me? Yeah, I will. And that's the, I'm, I'm in like fighting myself on like, I'm a clingy little bastard and it's not going in that direction, which is, it's really good on yeah. self-practice. She doesn't text a lot. <laughs> She'll see this. Whatever, I hope, but it doesn't really matter because it's the truth, right? Yeah. And honesty is a cool thing that. Just because I'm feeling it doesn't mean it's the wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So um, she doesn't text a lot. And then, like, so I'm not texting a lot. It's almost like that little thing. And, like, six to eight to two days later, text kind of stuff, which I'm like, I don't like to text a lot. But when I'm texting with a girl I like, it's, like, overindulgent. So it's kind of cool on that. For sure. Uh, she's been sick for the last, like, three weeks. So mm-hmm. we've had, like, one real date and two study dates a month ago. Yeah. So then I haven't – I've seen her on campus maybe three, four times this month, but I haven't seen her. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, this weird, like, I don't know where we are. I'm still in, like, butterflies, doggy f- – like, the very – I'm still unconfident, but like I was more confident when I, I didn't ask her out and now that like I asked her out and now I'm like unconfident about where we are and then we haven't hung out since and like I, I like seeing her, but I get all flustered. So it's fun, but it's also like, and then I'm like by myself, I'm like, oh man, what, what is this? Yeah. So it's a lot of like, I don't know. I have, I have one quote that I've been trying to use and maybe you'll know who it is by because I keep forgetting, but like if you love a flower, you don't pick it up. You, you let it there and you water it when you go by. Mm-hmm. Right, so I'm trying. I'm not saying I love her, but like, why well, do? Because I love everyone. I love you, man, and I love, love Ty here too, right? Yeah. So like, that love is like, this is who she is. She's busy. She's sick. She's just not doing. This is how she is. If I like her, that's just who she is. So I should just like, maybe try and adapt myself. Not change for her, but like, not ask her to change either. Which I'm mm-hmm. not going to. But I just allowing her to be. You know? Right. Man, relationships are weird. They're so weird. <laughs> I took two years off and then celibacy for still two years. Technically, I've t- turned off the voluntary celibacy. Yeah, but I haven't had sex since yet either. So it's still it's still technically celibacy. Yeah. Oh. Man, relationships are so weird. I <laughs> I just oh. don't stop thinking about it. It's, yeah. It's just it's just so weird. Um, there's just so many dynamics in it. Being able to see. I mean, my past relationships, I've learned a lot. Mm. And I, th- I think it is just a huge learning curve. But yeah. the the more that I'm alive, the more that I accept the idea of transiency, just that everything changes. There's yeah. no, it's just a ever-changing world. And I just don't think anything's permanent. So like, I'm not sure if I could ever be in a relationship and think of it as being a forever thing ever again. Because I think in my yeah. uh, in my previous relationships I have, I've had the idea that, because I mean, white picket fence, nice house, but you don't really—it's not you, but you just—that's what you've been brainwashed into. Yeah, slightly. exactly. Yeah, our yeah. our society's really idealized the the storybook ending. Yeah. And as I get older, I'm like, oh, I, I just think it's—I think relationships are meant to teach you things, yeah. and then it might not last forever. But I'm very, very thankful for the relationships that I've had, regardless of how they've ended or yeah. the fact that they have ended, because. 
I've learned a lot about myself and how to treat people. And yeah, hundred percent. I think it's, it's an interest. It's good to have. And like to start applying relationships, like what we have, like if I'm gone in a year and about what you said to just half and half. So mm-hmm. one, I've totally then joined the military and I don't want a military wife also. Cause I'm with you on the same boat of this transient life. And right. I don't maybe, maybe in the future. Right. But, um, you don't need to like date someone, even if it's just for the eight months that I'm here for, just like share that experience, you know, grow because relationships really grow you no matter who you're with. You learn about yourself. You remind yourself that there's this other side where I'm getting nervous and flustered and all this. And like, and I'm like, and then I think back to like, then how's it turn into when I get angry at my ex girlfriends for doing something stupid just cause like my brain gets all wired. Right. Yeah. But it's like, also that's you growing. And then like, I, I recognize the growth that comes with that and that it's, it's a hard jumping out of your comfort zone to be with another person and to connect with them. And then you're two different souls trying to like, see how that melts and we're almost different species men and women are both humans but really we're like so much different than each other there's yeah. lots in similarities but it really is just throwing like chocolate sauce on ice cream and it's they're, they're great together but it's also like runny and melty and they're two different things right that's a pretty perfect metaphor i like that yeah I've, i think a lot of people just try to be in a relationship or be with someone hmm. because just to not be alone. I think a lot of people are really freaked out about being alone. Yeah. Which I think it's a hard thing too. Cause I think like the only thing I'm really scared of anymore is like, I have a dream, not a real dream, but like a, a literally dream where I get to live forever and I just get to help guide humanity and just kind of like be there letting them grow more, I guess like an actual God sim mm-hmm. rather than our omniscient and not around God. Yeah. But like my greatest fear would be getting to live forever everyone dying and now I just have to wait out the universe and it might go on forever. And that would be, that's my greatest fear. Like that's loneliness to the extent maximum, you know, I oh get locked out of heaven cause I made the, the, I made the bad wish with the genie to help mankind and now everyone dies, but then I can't help anyone. So I'm just di- I'm doomed for the universe forever. Sixth mass extinction happens and you just watch yeah. the rest of the, <laughs> like, like, the rest It'd be beautiful. I'm sure I could figure it out, but it's also kind of like, man, that would suck. Um, but in that same thing, it's also like, I think you can't get away from being scared, wanting to be in a relationship, not to be lonely. I think that's not the only thing, but like, I do want to be with her cause I'm lonely, but I also don't want to, that's not the reason I'm with her, mm-hmm. but I, I think we're all lonely if we're not really like, I don't know. Are you not lonely? I love myself and I love the world and I love that I have my friends to experience things with. There's definitely, not, I'm not constantly lonely would be the right phrase, Yeah, but like, I definitely, I haven't kicked being lonely right mm-hmm. i enjoy being alone but it's it's definitely another experience to share life with someone mm. like it's a very very cool experience to share life with someone and it happens so rarely but i think what happens a lot of the time is people jump into the same relationship sure. over and over again sure and keep on repeating the same things and they don't learn or grow mm. which like we talked about how that seems to be for me that that's the reason for a relationship is to grow and learn and i mean i remember before before my last relationship i was like wow well what else can i learn and then like what else can i learn about a relationship and then after that relationship it's like wow i learned a ton 100 percent. yeah and it's yeah hmm no i I love relationships they're always i i stuck away from them for a while because like they usually i'm i'm always the dumpy not the dumper because like my family is like all about 
like uh, fighting for their relationship, even though they don't. My parents didn't love each other, so it's always really fun. But um, but like it's still there's this constant thing about their relationship talking about you really should fight for it because our past issue, a lot of issues with our relationships nowadays, which I agree with, even though my parents don't love each other, mm-hmm. I agree with their sentiment that you really shouldn't just quit. Like everyone is quitting all the time, right? Yeah, and like. And I just always think of like working on a relationship is a lot better because then you're also working on there's something there that might be able to be fixed. Maybe it's not an actual incompatibility with the two of you, but like it's trauma, it's issues. There's something not wrong with you, but there's something that you can work on. Mm-hmm. And like we all have that, right? We all have things that we can work on. I can be less of an asshole. I can be less of less aggressive and cutting people's sentences off and just being less weird and just maybe more concise maybe think before i talk more sometimes and all these things right but i think we can work with our partners through these hardships rather than just like oh i can't have this guy why can't he just be like me or some shit yeah so i don't know what i'm enjoying these conversations today just because like sometimes i try and tie up my meaning mm-hmm. but i'm really just trying to just like state a point and it doesn't have to have a meaning what well, does have a, everything has a meaning right but it's like not trying to tie in my meaning if that right. makes sense yep. just stating things for the sake of for the sake of stating things as opposed to having a long story sure sure that was also buddhist scripture the, is it <laughs> yeah the what you mentioned earlier i think it was yeah if you find a flower beautiful and you take it out of the ground then it won't be beautiful anymore but if you water the flower and leave it alone yeah it'll be more beautiful I know it's the guy who said it is a Hindu in my head, but he could from be from Buddhist scripture. It's the guy who was like that crazy. What's his name? He's a white hair, kind of balding Indian guy, long, flowy hair, wears an orange toga a lot of the time. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've seen his face. Rajneesh? I think so. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he, he's Hindu, is he not? He's Osho. Not, he's not Sikh. Osho? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, what I think it is. Before he yeah. went a little intense. He has hundreds of books. Yeah. yeah. Man, they love him in India. You go into a bookstore, all Osho. That was, um, what was that documentary? Wild Wild Country? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's great. It was good. Yeah. yeah I like that a lot. It was, yeah, just a really cool telling. I'd recommend it. Yeah. I kind really of, want to check it out. But, man, talking to people in India about Osho, they loved him. Yeah. And they hated america for what happened that's too bad yeah but it was he was a really really he's very liberal Mm. he's very very open-minded about everything and yeah he was he was a very free person i'm i've been having a a thing about this is connecting to more what you were talking about how he's popular in india not popular in the west Mm -hmm. and i've been having this thought about like what maybe not what the west is best but i think the west is really well is synchronism, which is like the blending of two cultures. It goes back to the Greeks when they went to Egypt and they made new gods out of Greek, Greek, Egyptian gods, like Atmon Ra, or mm. like Romans copying Greeks, even though they're not Greeks, and their architecture is now Roma, Roman, Roman, or Greco-Roman, to like the Celtic clothing of the, actually having pants was not a Roman thing, but we adopted it from the Celts and we just stole it. It's cultural preparations is the issue we might be calling it today. Mm-hmm. But I think the West is almost getting scared of itself on like, I think we should return to more cultural preparation, but not being in like, maybe not a capitalist form. Maybe that could be considered, ca- uh, what, what did I say? Something of preparation. But like, we need to start going out 
and remixing more cultures into our culture mm-hmm. because I think it allows us to be better with ourselves. You know, it's just um, India has spent so much time doing spirituality, um, same with like a lot of other cultures. And there's other things like the holistic learning. I think the best way for us really to deal with our First Nations issue is like to make our culture more First Nation and their culture more Western. Mm-hmm. But we're like almost, Peterson talks about how conservatives built walls and all that and it's useful. But this is one of those things that we're building walls because we, we want to protect culture against cultural preparation. But I think we're actually like making new camps in a too much of a level, right? It's mm-hmm. why we're like, it's why I feel like this race, it's not bad race in like the, the 1930s anymore, but it's like, it's getting teated between cultures in a weird way now that it hasn't been before. And I think we're just shutting each other out and trying to mix our ideas, the dialectic and philosophy. We're not trying to make a better thing out of the two things. Um, yeah. I don't know. I kind of see it as, no, I wouldn't say the opposite of that problem, but I think that Canada doesn't have a culture. Canada doesn't have a defined Canadian culture. Our food is maple syrup and poutine. Yeah. And I found it really interesting when people would ask me what the Canadian culture was because we don't have one. People would ask me what the foods were in Canada. Well, we have Chinese food and we have all these other things that we've just... Blended. Yeah, we've, we've blended from other countries. And I think that Canada has this really amazing opportunity to be the first real global country. Yes. Like a global village, because I don't think the right. States would ever do it. It's a goulash in the States, and we're we're a stained glass picture frame with multiple camps, but we're mm-hmm. able to look beautiful together. Yeah, and because there, there's, so there's so many groups, especially in the lower mainland, that intertwine with one another. They're, cricket's becoming a huge thing, mm-hmm. a, a larger thing in Canada. Sure. The Sikh population is super big, the Chinese population, and there are just tons of... Tons of people living and commingling with one another. Mm-hmm. And I do agree that I think that it could be a little bit more. I think that would be interesting. Because well, I think the, the scare is like Sheer and PPC. The fact that we have this PPC party is intense. Let me let, me let you finish. I'll, sorry. Um, yeah, so that basically I'm finished. But I think that we do have the opportunity to come together and get ideologies from other groups because that is... I mean, that's what I like so much about relationships is that you learn a lot about yourself through other people Hmm. and how other people see the world. And sometimes you take their perspectives because I do think that us as human beings, our personality is just a conglomerate of things that we really like and pull into ourselves. And that, that is what creates us. And Mm -hmm. that is who we are is just our surroundings. And I think that that ties back into the whole Buddhism thing of us being God, us being the universe that we are so similar to one another because we take from one another and I think that's a really good thing because we get to find what works best for us and we get to find what we like the most and shape our entire identity and personality on that. So I think that the more that we accept other cultures, other personalities, then the more that we can find this middle ground where yeah. we just love each other and love ourselves, obviously, which is and I think it's, pivotal to the former. I think you're right. I think we are doing it. Mm-hmm. I just think it's... I'm not even trying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to not be aggressive in this statement because I'm. I no, 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 please. I'm, I'm, I'm not even though. Like I don't. I'm naturally being aggressive, mm-hmm. which is because I like to do this, but it's not what I want in this this part. Mm-hmm. Which I think there are two camps going on. There are people like me who want this to rise because we are this multilateral, multinational, multilateral culture, mm-hmm. right? And I think there's this also camp rising that is the return of nationalism, right? Populism. We the people. 
people. I mean, the people is too diverse to say we the people. Right. And it's all these things that are rising up. And I think we, uh, I like conservatism, but at the moment I'm kind of like, it's almost like isolation is rising. It's with Trump. It's with like the fascists in Poland and Hungary and all these things re-rising. And I'm like, I want to continue refining this ideology of like, how can we make the mixture of culture the right way i'm not sure if it's liberal doctrine like the old liberal everyone i think liberal is too universal Mm -hmm. i think it's actually we should be growing our cultures and mixing them you know like having both at once like um i have a painting of uh the tsunami in my in my room like the the wave by wave off kind of yeah 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 and just like that on my wall even though it's consumerism just kind of like how this is here Mm -hmm. I know that that painting was drawn in like the 16th, 1700s and like that period of that extreme abstract art is because like Europeans were trying to get in. It's this wave of foreigners. It's also the wave of the world changing around you. You can't fight nature, but at the same time, we're using this really abstract looking art compared to modernism that Europe was popping out. Also, it's like Japan, it feels like it's being suffocated by the world. It's a, it's the overlords are doing all these things. But like by having that painting in my room, that's like allowing me to grow off this Chinese or the Japanese culture and art. And that's synchronism because I am growing off the philosophy of the Japanese, which I also find really cool. But mm-hmm. like that is not seen as the same day. And like when we talk, we don't talk about the same way, like what we do with Japan and, and North America, that other cultures, right? We don't talk about Buddhism in the same or Indian culture with America, like Japan, Japan, probably almost said in like American culture we know Japan's different than us but we almost feel more connected with Japan and I think we need to re-establish those links to other countries Mm -hmm. I don't know I study China I am into China but I don't know Japan or China as well as Japan because I think it's another scary thing about China like I don't know them I don't know why their art works I don't know how they think I don't know how their ideologies play out I'm I'm a little Confucius I've I've read the Tao I've looked into the Tao and all these things so Mm -hmm. I I understand their culture a little bit, but we're like closing each other off this border, this trade, this culture. And this I want to push for more of that with all these cultures, but you can't go and stream like Trudeau and dress up in traditional garb. I think what he should have done is got a tailor to make an ultra modern Western design of Indian cultural, traditional clothes. Like look at really stylish. Look at how Canada realizes this tradition of, of India maybe not use the colors of Indian too bright, maybe like make it like a, a, a dark burgundy red and gray or whatever suits are normally mm-hmm. in India. So he shows that this is my showing my aspiration that this is your culture and this is mine and together we will continue and trade. And that's, I don't think the liberals are doing it either. You know, I don't know. That's just, that was just a tangent. Oh no, that was really good. I like that. Cool. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That was a very well put. Thanks. Thanks, man. It was fun. I've been having that. I had a, a fight with a friend of mine about that a while ago. I haven't. That was about a year ago. I had a fight with her about it. Just, just, uh, just about. She, she was First Nations, and she, I had a friend who was from. Uh, oh God, this. I'm a dick. I want to say Zambia, but actually that's not true. He's from the country besides Zambia. Uh, whatever, whatever, but like just like we were talking about it and she was kind of scared that because how badly the West has like destroyed her culture. Right. Mm -hmm. And then him too, the West had kind of fucked his culture. I don't know. It's a, it's definitely going to be 
I mean, as time develops, I don't think. Oh, geez, we might actually at the rate at which globalization is happening, I think that it's more likely that we'll see it. But just the idea that cultures will start to dissipate and kind of go into the melting pot, and there will be camps of people practicing particular culture and religion more heavily. But on the on the macro grand scheme of things, I think that everything's kind of boil down into the same thing. It is slowly. That's, and, that's what globalization is yeah. doing. And, and I yeah. think that the same thing turns into more philosophy than religion. Like you said earlier, Buddhism's more of a philosophy than a religion. And I think that people are starting to, people are starting to get super into Buddhism, especially mm. in Western culture. I think yeah. that it, I think that with the, the generation that's rising, it seems that Buddhism seems a lot more palatable than institutionalized religions where you have to practice all the time and you're being mm. told what to do consistently. Buddhism is just very free flowing, relaxed. But I think even like, uh, I agree. And I think especially with our modern generation of this, the practice of Buddhism is just so much more easy to jump into. It gets you away from this. I'm all for technology, mm-hmm. but the Buddhism allows you to like, I don't know, touch back, but I guess so does other religions too. I don't know. I actually don't have a, a thought on that. My theory on why Buddhism's taking hold a little bit more is primarily yoga, actually. I think that because yoga is such a desirable practice, because it, number one, it feels really good, it's yeah. good for you, and it's a social thing as well. Yeah. Primarily it's a social thing. You have to learn before you can practice on your own. Yeah. And I think that that just ties into Buddhism. I mean, because it's a Buddha practice. Like that's... Buddha. Well, it's it's definitely just a it's an Indian practice that has been adopted by the Buddhists for sure because they use it in Sanskrit. So it's definitely Hindu, is it not? Or I don't know. It's even before Hinduism. Yes, yeah, so the but initial the initial stretching was something else, but then the practice of yoga itself was mm. created by Buddha. Okay. Because he mastered the form of stretching that okay. was prior to created yoga. Okay. But there are also many different forms and it's, of yoga. It's changed into so many things. Yeah. Like there's there's yin yoga there's there, there are tons well, of even sattva. It's, even my mom's starting up uh not tai chi but it's another Chinese one mm-hmm. but it's it's also a, a deviation of controlling the spirit through mm-hmm. Thai it's another one I don't even remember she says it all the time yeah it's super cool I'm I'm hoping when I get once I'm finished this school year I'm taking the year and a half off to both get in shape but also do yoga for a mixture of the spirit. I don't know which one yet. I'll do the research into mm-hmm. what feels right for me. Yeah. But it, it has so many benefits. So it's just like for the mind, the soul, the body. I think that it, yoga teachers are educated enough on chakras to talk about it and kind of spark some kind of interest. I mean, I think it would be the same if, if Christianity had some form of physical activity that everyone could get into without it being a religious dogma. Yeah. Then people would get into it because, yeah, it's cool stuff. Yoga is yeah. awesome. I have fun. a I have a small theory of, of, for Islam mm-hmm. that the praying to the east five days a week and bowing down it, it's almost very similar to uh, oh, what is it called? It's I'm gonna go off the mic for so you can see. and all these these goat farmers they're, they're not stretching they don't know what that means 
why pray in that manner? It's almost, it helps the body relax. It stretches it out. Cause that's what, what pose is that in um, yoga? It's not child pose cause that's opposite, but it's like the basic bow. Yeah. And I, it, I call it stop sign personally. Sure. Cause I'm quite informal of my yoga sure. practice. I kind of practice my own form. It, it's usually when you kind of period out for a minute, right? To kind of yeah. take a break. Yeah. And you're stretching your lats. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to get into your lats and your back and get your shoulders because man, Shoulders are messed up now. Everyone's so far forward and Mm posture is just horrible. Yeah, that's a really, really, I like that stretch a lot. Super nice. I do it every day now. I do a little light workout and just kind of roll into that. And the uh, upward dog or whatever. I don't know. Down down dog? Sure. I don't don't really (laughs) care. I I love it. I've done the yoga a couple times and every time it feels amazing afterwards. Yeah. Um, Is there anything anything going on in your life? not particularly. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask, so what do you think could have been done better about the federal election? Like if you were to, if you were to critique it, mm. ov- obviously, obviously we'll put this out today and then the federal election will be done tomorrow or I'll sure. try to put it out today. I don't know. Sure. I've got a lot of shit to do, but it's all um, good, man. Yeah. But the federal election will be done. I would have loved to have you in earlier and then we could have talked about platforms and Ooh, actually I, tried to, I've only, I've only read, I've been posting them every day, but I've only read about half of them. Mm-hmm. Cause like, even I, <laughs> I thought I would post it and read it every day, but like, I've just been like reading some of them. I, I read a few. Yeah. They're really cool. I'm glad yeah. I, I was doing it. Cause by doing it, I read more than I've ever read before. Yeah. Um, what could be done better? Cause was, so for me, so basically what happened was Charlie and I were, we were downtown at the record shop and a lady came over and she was part of Kamloops TV and or Kamloops radio. And TCFJT or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah. So yeah. she asked us to do, she asked us what we thought sure. needed to be discussed in the federal election. And obviously that's difficult to answer on the spot. Of course. Charlie had a really good point about how, um, rent and housing costs is just not a thing at all sure. which seems like it should be more of a discussion but Riding i think rights. that mm-hmm. I, I think that watching the federal debate it was okay it, people just cut each other off all the time and you don't really have a chance to actually explain your platform without being attacked by someone else so my yeah. my thought was that if each party leader had an opportunity to just sit down and talk with one another for yep something like this, like a two hour segment of, and it gets streamed and you can listen to it on podcast or anything. I think that would be, yep. I, I think that would be helpful. Um, but I'm not, I'm a hundred percent. I think I, I watched Bernie Sanders Andrew Yang, Camilla Harris in the States. And there was one more, uh, they went on Joe Rogan and a couple other ones. Andrew Yang went on H3 mm-hmm. a couple of times. Again, I think podcasts, it's too other not taking advantage of podcasts. I think that I, I didn't even think about that, but I think that would be really beneficial to just hear, because you can't, you can put on a fake face when you podcast, but it, there's definitely more. Even I know I'm faking. This is like the best me right now on this podcast. This mm-hmm. is me trying to be intellectual, trying to play with ideas. Like, this is not who I am all the time. Definitely not. This is like me trying to be an image of my best self. Mm-hmm. But that's also, I'm not being a purely fake. I can't be a politician. I can, but like, it's hard to be a fake self on a podcast. Yeah, you're, you're crafting a persona. Yeah. Especially if, because we know each other so well. It's, yeah. it's difficult to, if I if I put on a crazy persona, you'd just probably be able to call me out on my bullshit. Yeah. Because we're very, I think we're very similar. Yeah. And we, like, we, I haven't seen you with, 
Like I, I wanted to talk to you when I was going through my heavy depression because I would like that. That's another phase. I can't even. I can't even fake that phase. Like I can't. Like I'm feeling better at the moment. I'll probably feel sad on my couch when I go home later tonight. I can't get away from that. I can't even. I can't even fake that right now. Mm. But um, I think podcasts are such a better way of. You have to be, real and like I think, the debates. It was. It's a debate that sucks. Um, what I would do, if I had a choice, I would remove attack ads. I don't know why we have attack ads. And um, I posted one a couple days ago on their technology platform and a girl commented, a friend of mine from a long time ago, she's scared of the censorship of Facebook and the fact that it's a censorship. And I, I disagree in Canada at least because it's, like it's more like putting, what is it called, um, hate speech laws mm. onto the digital commons. We like if you're, it's illegal to say the N word to someone in public or be racist unless you're friends and there's the thing. But if you're actually hateful, it's illegal in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think America should get rid of that. But since it's part of our culture, I think it's a very important thing. And I think having these posts about Trudeau did this and this, and if there's a lie behind that, or if it's just like baloney, I think these things should be removed. I think they're. I hate that it's such it's like a paternalistic aspect but there's we almost have we should be paternalist we have police we can't speed so why are you just telling lies online even if they don't know it it's just corrupting the political sphere there should it doesn't have to be purely factual I think maybe more feelings can be talked about mm -hmm. you can say maybe like Cheer could probably go around saying like I don't feel Trudeau is helping us out because I think his gas project is taking away jobs from Canadians and it's bad for the economy and I feel by looking at this and this and this, this is what I feel is coming out. But right. instead he's like, Trudeau's lying to you about this and he's lying to you about this and he's lying to you about this. Some of those are not true lies. And I think that's wrong. I think maybe talking about feelings, but trying to call out, he's stupid, he's young, he's idiotic, he's, he's a disgrace to Canada. I don't think that's helpful for Canadians. It's fear tactics. Uh, I think Trudeau's done an amazing job for the election this year as a contender. He has a lot of screw-ups. He has a lot of benefits. Mm. He can only, like, he's the only guy who's been in office, so he's, so everyone else can be attacked. He can attack him for where they think he's wrong, and they can make promises. I think maybe the removal of the promise. I don't know if... I think maybe, like, telling up what we... Just the term. Like, if you can say we want to achieve more job growth by producing more subsidies to this... And even if that doesn't come true, I think the ability to say we promise to help your country, maybe it's, but maybe that's dangerous to get rid of the hope because the promise is hope. But at mm -hmm. the same time, it's, it's almost such, it almost feels like you're lying. Like, you know, like if you promise someone, especially if you don't know them as a politician, if I promise you something and I don't come through, it hurts because it's a, a, a relationship we have. But if a politician does, and he's part of the ideology I'm with, it hurts, but in like a way that it doesn't affect him. Because maybe if you're a regular person, I'll feel bad that I broke my promise with you, but I might still do it and get away with that. Mm -hmm. But if Trudeau breaks his promise to you on the television, you're nothing to him, so that weight of consciousness doesn't go around with him. It might, but like I really don't think it would. Right. It might affect the person he made that plan with, but he's actually promising 10 million people, not the three people he made the plan with. And he might feel bad for the three, but it, it's not causing that subconscious issue it's hard to at least get that subconscious issue with the other people you're li you're not lying to, but like promising is such a a bad framework for this. Yeah. So largely, I, I I agree with those. I think that changing the language that's allowed to be used and 
Yeah. The misinformation is a freaky thing. Just reminds me of, have you seen Chernobyl? Oh, fuck. Fuck. So brutal. So good. But that, any, any time that talking about speech laws or anything, I always think about the, when they're in that room and talking about it right after the Chernobyl explosion happened. And then the old man is like, okay, we have to shut down all the phone lines and stop the spread of misinformation any any impingement on free speech just kind of freaks me out because sure. that's just how that kind of stuff starts. Sure. Like totalitarianism just starts with no more free speech and then but I, I, do, I do agree that I think language is really important. And I think that I would I would hope that there'd be a super awesome runner at some point. Or maybe we'll party see. member that actually sure. takes that into account. And I think that Honesty goes just such a long way, and I would, I personally would be more inclined to vote for someone who's honest over someone who's obviously trying to smoke, blow smoke up my ass. Sure. Like, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. You're going to get more money, you're going to get more, like, there's going to be more programs, you're getting more money, everything's going to be perfect, as opposed to someone who's like, hey, it's not great, but I'm going to do the best that I can. I'll try to do this. I'll try to do that. I, yeah. I'll say I, even, yeah, and even that, and not say try, like we have some plans to do this. Yeah. Like if saying try is almost like a weak statement, Yeah. but the promises is, is the opposite of a weak statement. Right. Mm-hmm. I think having, we have plans in place. We have a strategy. We have communities on standby. We have, we know how we're going to get our tax revenue. Like, man, I'm an, I'm not even, a, I, I am an adult, but like I can make plans and show how I expect this to happen. And I can show you to it when I talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Why can't a government that has hundreds of employees come up with draft policies, at least of how we think we're going to do this. And this is how our plan is. It might not work out this way, but we have an idea. Things might come up on the path, but here's what we're going to do and be transparent. It, construction firms increase the concrete. So now we can't build this dam for the same price. That's why the price is going up, but no one's right. telling you this. They just say, Oh, the, the cost has jumped four times or maybe they, why not be honest to be about construct construction? Um, I think the thing that's maybe deviated a lot of us, me and you maybe recently is, um, um, my, my new main philosophy of this year is, is the yin and yang. I am trying to find a balance right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I had this, I had a trip with my, my roommate a couple of days ago. And, um, I, I think Peterson says it right where it's like, you want to know what your hell looks like. And you also want to know what look, heaven looks like. Cause if you don't know hell, you don't, you have no, you don't know how far you've fallen towards the worst case scenario on your way to heaven. Right. Right. And like, I used to be scared of the idea of freedom speaks. Maybe I was getting caught up in this whole, all this stuff going on in the Peterson realm and like the videos that popped off on that and all this. Mm-hmm. But I think the balance is, I'm, I'm such a contrarian that I try my best to put the ideas that I'm not naturally with. And like, yeah, authoritarianism is the hell. I don't want an authoritarian state. Right. But I don't want a freedom of speech state like America either. I think it's so freedom that it just causes too much issues. And finding that balance is, maybe we should have some censorship. Um, have you read Plato's The the Republic yet? A little bit. It's, it's okay. In there. It's okay. It's a pain in the ass. But it's it's a yeah. It's dry. There's yeah. there's a good one which is about like you wouldn't give if your friend gave you a shotgun and he said hold on to this I'm not feeling well right now he comes back feeling worse you don't give him the gun back and that's the same thing you don't we do have laws in place that take away your individual freedoms for the society again and back to the China it sometimes there are some things 
maybe you shouldn't be saying the N-word, you know. I can say kike because I'm a Jew, I guess, right? Mm. But, like, at the same time, I don't want people saying it just because it's freedom. And I don't even, I don't think I want people saying fuck Trudeau or fuck Andrew Scheer or fuck Singh or fuck Elizabeth May just because I don't like them. I just think it's, it actually just, it festers, you know. It just doesn't, but, like, find, you have to find that balance. And, you know, it's like maybe promoting people, not fine, but, like, you can talk badly about them, but you have to be serious about it. You can't just like throw around sling it. It's like apes throwing poop at each other. Right. But you can't let them, you can't just take away their freedom either. So like, it's like you want to promote criticism properly, you know? And like, even if it's at least in a public sphere mm. or not, not even a public sphere, you know, like at least on spheres, like if you want to talk to your friends and say, Trudeau's a homo or or Andrew Shear just sucks, sucks oil up his nose or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. But I think like if you're trying to be in a public sphere, I don't know. And that's what I mean. It's this weird, I am, this year I'm really trying to find my balance of when is too much allowed and when is too much or not. I'm okay. I want to be a contrarian for my whole life, Mm -hmm. but do I have to be such an asshole contrarian? And like, or do I, or do I just like agree and listen and do the conversation? But like internally I am a contrarian. So then I'm just hurting my internals by stopping myself from being a contrarian. So I need to be less of this. Yeah, I think it's good to be devil's advocate. I mean, I appreciate it. I always appreciate it when friends call me Not out. Not all the time. You yeah, know. <laughs> when friends tell me that I'm being an idiot and like that ideology is absolutely messed up, don't like stop. I, I think it's a good thing. And I do agree with, I think especially on social platforms, I think as as I guess I'd say our generation, but I think people are getting better about not posting yeah, just random hate speech on yeah. social media. And I think that hate speech has become more concentrated from like racism to like political hate speech. So I do think that is a that's a good idea that being more more intelligible in Even like, in your speech just seem like being very particular. Yeah. I try to be very, very particular when I speak. Imagine automation. Fuck sensors. Imagine removing the a fuck Trudeau and then a robot would instead of just deleting your comment automatically, imagine your ro- robot online sees those three words and then rearranges it and says, I'm disheartened by Trudeau. And just for it wasn't, it won't censor you. And if people see this, they know you might've said something else. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe it says edited by caption bot or something, but it's maybe just why censor? Maybe just try and maybe I have hard times expressing my emotion. I've, I've become better and better over these last couple of years. That's just because I'm a, I'm a, a self growth guy. We're both self growth guys. Mm-hmm. How do you parent people who've never been parented? Maybe don't censor them, but find a new way to have robots change their phrases. And like mm-hmm. if someone writes, I feel like Trudeau's screwing up jobs and gas and street, man, it changes the words. It's like Trudeau's tax. It, it finds the right words to say Trudeau's tax policy will affect these jobs or it'll link. Cause this is how algorithms can work. You could link it to an article. Some guy doesn't even hyperlink it, but it finds those three words. Trudeau's fucked without gas and oil. And it links to a CBC or article that gives you a hyperlink right there because this guy said this, it changes the words. So it expresses what he says for him. Yeah. Because we don't, we're, we're failing, right? We're failing at communicating properly. And that's the biggest problem, this lack of communication. Mm-hmm. I don't, I agree. Censorship is a problem. Yeah. The, the sound of that scares the absolute yeah. piss out of me. But how do we find a way to, imp- the, the problem with censorship is that we need to find better communication so we can understand each other better. Have the potential to yeah. intelligibly share our ideas. When, you, when you're talking about that initially, I just thought of, 
maybe a class throughout yeah, through, throughout getting school. People to go, though. No, no, through like elementary and high yeah. school because now there are going to be things that there are going to be classes that are coming up that are more geared towards socialization and teaching kids how to socialize because I don't think it's a very good thing. I don't, I don't think... I don't think we can fix our education system. I think we can improve it, but there's so many things we need to teach them about tax policies, economics, personal well-being, mental health. Like, there's so many things that are still not even being taught at all. Maybe we can do it one. I don't know. That's a, it's Education is the answer. Yeah. How do we do it? I think we need to give it in bite-sized pieces outside of school. I think mm-hmm. adults need to be educated. Like, I don't know why we're, we stop educating. Finding a new way, maybe platforms, like Gillette's ad against toxic masculinity maybe went too hard, for sure, but it was the right ad. It just was done wrong. Yeah, it was, it was the right move. It was the right idea. Yeah, and I think something like that. Maybe it's our, our societies, our cultures, our regions. They need to... We need to keep educating. It's paternalism. But it's, it's everywhere. We are being paternalized. We are, my cigarettes cost money because it's hiddenly taxed. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't sound like it is, but that's what that is. That's paternalism. Make no tax. The government makes no money. Libertarianism. Let me be free. Let me smoke my cigarettes at a cheaper cost. But we've already decided as a society we have t- hidden taxes on soda and junk food. And, and like sometimes you can get memberships. And like we, we subsidize oil because we think the energy is better for the society. right? We are doing this stuff. What's the right method to keep paternalistically improving this communication dialogue. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think a lot of it comes down to education. Yeah. Creating classes, teaching people how to put their ideas forth in a way that's not harmful to, number one, themselves and everyone else around them because once you say something, especially on the internet, it's out there. I mean, once you say anything, no. it's it's out there. Like you can't, you can't take something back after you've said it, which is... Unless you torch that data farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw them... Yeah, but yeah, I I think a lot of it's in educating the next group because yeah. socialization classes are going to be a thing soon. Yeah, teaching people how to talk and have normal conversations and good old Chinese reeducation camps. Eye contact, handshakes, yeah. Yeah. CCPs, the best ever. Just give a free how to win friends and influence to every new college, new high school student. It's a scary book, man. <laughs> I just called it the manipulation book. Yeah, I lent it to a friend. <laughs> I lent it to a friend. She was like, "What is this?" This is the manipulation book. Yeah. This is how to but, how to make how to brainwash people. But it can be used good too. I think oh. it's it's intentions, right? I use it all the time. I yeah. use I use the the processes of remembering names, trying to learn the person's language, especially with the foreign students on campus. Kamu yeah. achu or hello in Bangladeshi or nihao ma or nihao ma, because it really knowing someone's name and saying hello in their language is like this weird bonding thing. Yeah. Um, probably seven more minutes. Do you want to, if not, we can end right here. Mm-hmm. Um, have you watched the Joker? I have. Cool. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on it? It it was a pretty light movie. I felt like maybe not light, but it was very, um, it wasn't deep. <laughs> so what'd you think? I laughed throughout most of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was very funny. And there's a lot of awkward, funny moments, but like, I felt like it was just like talking about the mental health that most people know about. Like, we, if you don't help people, you're just going to cause a problem. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think the the gun violence in America and, like, just, like, medication things that we're already talking about, it would have done better maybe 10 years ago. But now, I think it was beautifully filmed. Acting was fantastically done. Yeah. But the movie itself is just a little late. Mm-hmm. So. I think it was, I think it was a good push to keep things going. Cool. To keep yeah. the talk that's going. That's a good way to look at it, too. There was, there was a lot of imagery that I really, really liked, mm-hmm. a lot of cinematography, um, 
the one that really stuck with me was, do you know Albert Camus' essay on Sisyphus? Uh, I've heard that. I've heard it. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it. So I don't want to get this wrong. And that's pushing the rock up the hill forever. Yeah, yep. yeah exactly. Yeah. So Sisyphus had to push a rock up a hill for eternity. And Albert Camus talked about how the rock was like meaning in life. And then, but he actually, he actually said that in some sense that he envied Sisyphus because as the rock falls down, then you get this break and you get this freedom from, (laughs) from everything that is reality. And I thought there was some really good imagery with Arthur Fleck. That was the character's name. I think you're right. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur, Arthur Fleck before he came. So as Arthur Fleck, he walks up this mountain of steps every single day to get home from his job yeah. and his therapist and he has to do this every single day and that's him cool. rolling the boulder up the mountain and then finally when he becomes the joker damn the whole screen is absolutely lit up and it's much more bright and lively yeah. and it's like the flowers are blooming and he's blooming as an individual yeah. and he he strolls down this huge staircase so i thought that that was yeah he dances around i thought that was really good that's cool. I, i'm not i'm not sure if that was a a meaningful or I, i'm not sure if that was an intentful um, connection by really the director cool. to bring that back to sisyphus and albert camus but i personally i was i was like wow that's just yeah. i've I watched it with sam one of my old roommates like cool. best friend we talked about that a little bit after so i think that that was that was really powerful for me the idea of a lot of people I think are consistently pushing this boulder up a yeah. mountain all the time. And then cool. sometimes for, when they, for a moment they, when they actually find for a moment in their life, sometimes when something happens, it either breaks them or it frees them. Yeah. And then they're free for them. Like short, he didn't even finish running down the stairs. He got caught by the police cause he had yeah. to run around. But for that moment of that, that, that was the movie. That's the, all the images you see, the meme and all that. That's the moment. Yeah. That's a really cool spot. Yeah. And that was, to me, that was like really, really important for the movie, the character, because after that, he wasn't free, but he was more free because I think that was a. Uh, in in some way, he experienced an ego death where he sure. wasn't Arthur Fleck anymore, and he became he became the, the Joker, Joker, and he yeah. accepted that, and that was his metamorphosis. That was cool. him coming from a little lonely caterpillar into a butterfly. That yeah. was him developing as the hero to the story. That was him coming back and yeah he was he was the hero of the story in like in we the reality all are, of the movie yeah, yeah so we're all was, our hero we're all the hero in our story right yeah yeah so That's that was really cool and then him running away was i think that the whole idea of the joker and chaos and just impending chaos consistently especially i think heath ledger's joker captured a little bit more thoughtfully was sure. the idea of chaos is everyone is sisyphus and the joker just leaves the boulder Cool. Like he just runs off. Yeah. So I, I thought that was also cool is that... The dog always after a bone, as he yeah. said, right? Yeah, yeah. He didn't even have to walk back up those stairs ever again. That mm-hmm. was the last time that he ever saw the stairs. He ran off after that and refused to accept responsibility for anything anymore. Cool. I love that. Thanks. I, I think it's not so actually... Yeah. And I think that's why people talk about movies because sometimes we need that other perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, it reminded me too. The, the, I'll, I'll end with this. Uh, the last thing I had... Uh, I'm sure you may have heard that quote that Steve Jobs had said, once you realize you can poke the world, everything's different. Everything changes that now you have, you can, you can have an impact on the entire world. Yeah. And it was like that story, but when everything goes tragically, 
That was really yeah. cool. Anyways, thank cool. you so much. Thanks a lot, man. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Come here. Give me out. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. That was sweet. I'll I'll turn this off and we can talk off the air. Off the air, real quick.